0: David's son, Asbalam had a beautiful sister named Tamar, and David's son, Anam, was infuriated with her. Amnon was frustrated to the point of making himself sick over his sister, Tamar, because she was a virgin. But it seemed impossible to do anything to her. Amnon had a friend named Jonab, the son of David's brother, Shemith. Jonab was a very shrewd man, and he asked Amnon, "'Why are you, the king's son, so miserable every morning? Won't you tell me?' Anon replied, "'I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Almasam's sister.' Jonanab said to him, "'Lie down on your bed and pretend you're sick. When your father comes to see you, say to him, "'Please let my sister Kamar come to me "'and give me something to eat. "'Let her prepare me a meal in my presence "'so I can watch and eat from her hand.' So Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. When When the king came to see him, Amnon said to him, "'Please let my sister Tamar come and make a couple of cakes in my presence so I can eat from her hand.' David sent word to Tamar at the palace, "'Please go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare a meal for him.' Then Tamar went to his house while Amnon was laying down. She took dough, kneaded it, made cakes in his presence, and baked them." She brought the pan and set it down in front of him, but he refused to eat. Amnon said, "'Everyone, leave me,' and everyone left him. "'Bring the meal to the bedroom,' Amnon told Tamar, "'so I can eat from your hand.' Tamar took the cakes she had made and went to her brother Amnon's bedroom. When she brought them to him to eat, he grabbed her and he said, "'Come sleep with me, my sister.' "'Don't, my brother,' she cried.' Don't disgrace me, for such things should never be done in Israel. Don't commit this outrage. Where could I ever go with my humiliation? And you, you would be like one of the outrageous fools in Israel. Please speak to the king, for he won't keep me from you. But he refused to listen to her, and because he was stronger than she was, he disgraced her by raping her. So Amon hated Tamar with such intensity that the hatred he hated her with was greater than the love he had loved her with. Get out of here, he said. No, she cried. Sending me away is much worse than the great wrong you've already done to me. But he refused to listen to her. Instead, he called to the servant who waited on him. Get this away from me. Throw her out and bolt the door behind her. Amnon's servant threw her out and bolted the door behind her. Now Tamar was wearing a long-sleeved robe because this is what the king's virgin's daughters wore. Tamar put the ashes on her head and tore the long sleeves robe she was wearing. She put her hand on her head and went away crying. Her brother Absalom said to her, "'Has your brother Amnon been with you? Be quiet, for now, my sister, he is your brother.' Don't take this thing to heart. So Tamar lived as a desolate woman in the house of her brother, Absalom. When the king David heard about all these things, he was furious. Absalom didn't say anything to Amnon, either good or bad, because he hated Amnon since he disgraced his sister Tamar. Two years later, Absalom's sheep shears were at Balhazar near Ephraim And Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then he went to the king and said, Your servant has just hired sheep shearers. Will the king and his servants please come over with your servant? The king replied to Absalom, No, my son, we should not all go, or we wouldn't be a burden to you. Although Absalom urged him, he wasn't willing to go, though he did bless him. If not, Absalom said, "'Please let my brother Amnon go with us.' "'The king asked, "'Why should he go with you?' "'Absalom urged him, "'so he sent Amnon and all the king's sons. "'Now Absalom commanded his young men, "'Watch Amnon until he is in a good mood from the wine. "'When I order you to strike Amnon, then kill him. "'Don't be afraid. "'I'm not the one who has commanded you. "'Be strong and valiant.' So Absalom's young men did to Amnon just as Absalom had commanded. Then all the rest of the king's sons got up and each fled on his own mule. While they were on their way, a report reached David. Absalom struck down all the king's sons. Not even one survived. In response, the king stood up, tore his clothes, and lay on the ground, and all his servants stood by with their clothes torn. But Jobanab, son of David's brother, Shamith, spoke up, My lord, must not think that they have killed all the young men, the king's sons, because only Amnon is dead. In fact, Absalom has planned this ever since the day Amnon disgraced his sister Tamar. So now, my lord, don't take this seriously, the report that says the king's sons are dead. Only Amnon is dead. Meanwhile, Absalom had fled. When the young man who was standing watch looked up, there were many people coming from the road west of him from the side of the mountain. Jonab said to the king, Look, the king's sons have come. It's exactly like your servant said. Just as he finished speaking, the king's son entered and wept loudly. Then the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. But Absalom fled and went to Talami, son of Alamide, king of Geshur, and David mourned for his son every day. But Absalom had fled to Geshur and had been there three years. King David longed to go to Absalom, for David had finished grieving over Amnon's death. 2 Samuel chapter 14 Joab, son of Zarai, realized that the king's mind was on Absalom, so Job sent someone to Cahoeia to bring a wise woman from there. He told her, pretend to be in mourning, dressed in mourning clothes, and don't put on any oil. Act like a woman who has been mourning for the dead for a long time. Go to the king and speak these words to him. Then Joab told her exactly what to say. When the woman from Tekoya came to the king, she fell face down to the ground, paid homage, and said, "'Help me, your majesty.' "'What is the matter?' the king asked her. "'Sadly, I am a widow. My husband died,' she said. "'Your servant had two sons. "'They were fighting in the field with no one to separate them, and one struck the other and killed him. "'Now the whole clan has risen up against her servant and said—' Hand over the one who killed his brother so we may put him to death for the life of the brother he murdered. We will eliminate the heir. They would extinguish my one remaining ember by not preserving my husband's name or prosperity on earth. The king told the woman, Go home. I will issue you a command on your behalf. Then the woman of Tekoya said to the king, My lord the king, May any blame be on me and my father's family, and may the king of his throne be innocent. Whoever speaks to you, the king said, bring him to me. He will not trouble you again. She replied, Please, may the king invoke the Lord your God, so that the avenger of blood will not increase the loss, and they will not eliminate my son. As the Lord lives, he vowed, not a hair on your son will fall to the ground, The woman said to him, "'Please, may your servant speak a word to my lord the king.' "'Speak,' he replied. The woman asked, "'Why have you devised something similar against the people of God? When the king spoke as he did about this matter, he has pronounced his own guilt. The king has not brought back his own banished one. We will certainly die and be like water poured out on the ground, which cannot be recovered.' But God would not take away a life. He would devise a plan so that the one banished from him does not remain banished. Now, therefore, I have come to present this matter to my lord, the king, because the people have made me afraid. Your servant thought, I must speak to the king. Perhaps the king will grant his servant's request. The king will surely listen to an order to keep his servant from the grasp of this man who would eliminate both me and my son from God's inheritance. Your servant thought, May the word of my lord the king bring relief, for my lord the king is able to discern the good and the bad like an angel of God. May the lord your God be with you. And the king answered the woman, I'm going to ask you something. Do not conceal it from me. Let the Lord, the king, speak, the woman replied. The king asked, Did Joab put you up to all this? The woman answered, As you live, my lord, the king, no one can turn to the right or the left from all the lord, the king says. Yes, your servant Joab is the one who gave the orders to me. He told your servant exactly what to say. Joab, your servant, has done this to address the issues indirectly but my Lord has wisdom like the wisdom of an angel of God, knowing everything on earth. Then the king said to Joab, I hereby grant this request. Go bring back the young man, Absalom. Job fell with his face to the ground in homage and blessed the king. Today, Joab said, your servant knows I have found favor with you, my Lord, the king, because the king has granted this request of your servant. So Joab got up went to Geshur, brought Absalom to Jerusalem. However, the king added, he may not return to his house, but he may not see my face. So Absalom returned to his house, but he did not see the king. No man in Israel was as handsome and as highly praised as Absalom. For the sole of his foot to the top of his head, he did not have a single flaw. When he shaved his head, he shaved it at the end of every year because his hair got so heavy for him that he had to shave it off. He would weigh the hair from his head and it would be five pounds according to the royal standard. Three sons were born to Absalom and the daughter named Tamar, who was a beautiful woman. Absalom resided in Jerusalem two years but never saw the king. When Absalom sent for Joab in order to send him to the king, but Joab was unwilling to come. So he sent again a second time, but he still would not come. Then Absalom said to the servants, See, Joab has a field right next to mine, and he has barley there. Go set fire to it. So Absalom's servants set fire to the field. Then Joab came to Absalom's house and demanded, Why did your servants set my field on fire? Look, Absalom explained to Joab, I sent for you and said, come here. I want to send you to the king to ask, why have I come from Geshur? I'd be better off if I were still there. So now let me see the king. If I'm guilty, let him kill me. Joab went to the king and told him. So David summoned Absalom, who came to the king and paid homage with his face to the ground before him. Then the king kissed Absalom. Second Samuel chapter 15. After this, Absalom got himself a chariot, horses, and fifty men to run before him. He would get up early and stand beside the road leading to the city gate. Whenever anyone had a grievance to bring before the king or settlement, Absalom called out to him and asked, What city are you from? If he replied, Your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel, Absalom said to him, Look, your claims are good and right. But the king does not have anyone to listen to. He added, If only someone would appoint me judge in the land, then anyone who had a grievance or dispute could come to me and I would make sure he received justice. When a person approached to paid homage to him, Absalom reached out his hand and took of him and kissed him. Absalom did this to all the Israelites who came to the king for settlement. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. When four years had passed, Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron to fulfill the vow I made to the Lord. For your servant made a vow when I lived in Geshur of Aram, saying, If the Lord really brings me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. Go in peace, the king said to him. So he went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent agents throughout the tribes of Israel with his message. When you hear the sound of the ram's horn, you are to say, Absalom has become king of Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem went with Absalom. They had been invited and were going innocently, for they did not know the whole situation. While he was offering the sacrifices, Absalom sent for David's advisor, Apothiel the Galanite, from his city of Gileo. So the conspiracy grew strong, and the people supporting Absalom continued to increase. Then an inferior came to David and reported, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. David said to the servants with him in Jerusalem, Get up! We have to flee, or we will not escape from Absalom. Leave quickly, or he will overtake us quickly. Heap disaster on us, and strike the city with an edge of the sword." The king's servants said to the king, Whatever my lord king decides, we are your servants. Then the king set out, and his entire household followed him. But he left behind ten concubines to take care of the palace. So the king set out, and all the people followed him. And they stopped at the last house, while all his servants marched past him. Then all the Cethrites and Pellites and the people of Goth, six hundred men who came with him from there, marched past the king. The king said to Ittai of Goth, Why are you also going with us? Go back and stay with the new king, since you are both foreigner and an exile of your homeland. Besides, you only arrived yesterday. Should I make you wander around with us today, while wherever I go can? Go back and take your brothers with you. May the Lord show kindness and faithfulness. Then in response, Ittai vowed to the king, as the Lord lives and my lord the king lives, wherever my lord the king is, whether it means life or death, your servant will be there. March on, David replied to Ittai. So Ittai of Gath marched past with all his men and the dependents who were with him. Everyone in the countryside was weeping loudly while all the people were marching out of the city. As the king was crossing the kingdom valley, all the people were marching past on the road that leads to the wilderness. Zadok was also there, and all the Levites with him were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set the Ark of God down, and Abthar offered sacrifices until the people had finished marching past. Then the king instructed Zadok, Return the ark of God to the city. If I find favor with the Lord, he will bring me back and allow me to see both it and its dwelling place. However, if he should say, I do not delight in you, then here I am. He can do with me whatever he pleases. The king also said to the priest, Sadduk, Look, return to the city in peace, and your two sons with you, your son, Ajmej, and Abathar son of Jonathan. Remember, I'll wait at the fords of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Deduk and Abathar returned the ark of God to Jerusalem and stayed there. David was climbing on the slope of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he ascended. His head was covered and he was walking barefoot. All of the people with him covered their heads and went up weeping as they ascended. Then someone reported to David, Athopol is among the conspirators with Absalom. Lord, David pleaded, please turn the counsel of Apothal into foolishness. When David came to the summit where they had used to worship, Hushai the Akrite was there to meet him with his robes torn and dust on his head. David said to him, If you go away with me, you'll be a burden to me. But if you return to the city, tell Absalom, I will be your servant, your majesty. Previously I was your father's servant, but now I will be your servant. And then you can counteract Abathiel's counsel for me. Won't the priests of Zadok and Abathir be there for you? Report everything you hear from the palace to the priests Zadok and Abathir. Take note. Their two sons are with them, Zadok's son, Amishis, and Abithair's son, Jonathan. Send them to tell me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's personal advisor, entered Jerusalem just as Absalom was entering the city.
1: Matthew Chapter 17 After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you want, I will set up three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down and were terrified. Jesus came up, touched them, and said, Get up, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone about the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. So the disciples asked him, Why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Elijah is coming and will restore everything, he replied. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they didn't recognize him. On the contrary, they did whatever they pleased to him. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. When they reached the crowd, a man approached and knelt down before him. Lord, he said, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus replied, you unbelieving and perverse generation— How long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and from that moment the boy was healed. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we drive it out? Because of your little faith, he told them. For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, You will tell this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathering together in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised up. And they were deeply distressed. When they came to Capernaum, those who collected the temple tax approached Peter and said, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he said. When he went into the house, Jesus spoke to him first. What do you think, Simon? From whom do earthly kings collect tariffs or taxes? From their sons or from other strangers? From strangers, he said. Then the sons are free, Jesus told him. But so we won't offend them. Go to the sea, cast in a fishhook, and take the first fish that you catch— When you open its mouth, you'll find a coin. Take it and give it to them for me and you.
0: This has been the Bible 365 Podcast, a production of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church and School in Edmond, Oklahoma, in collaboration with Cinematic Waves, TV and film post-production studios. The Christian Standard Bible is copyright 2017 by Holman Bible Publishers, used by permission. Having heard the word for today, may the same Holy Spirit who inspired Scripture now inspire faith in you to live each day as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Love God, love one another, and love your neighbor.